Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matt Carroll. I am Jeff Randall. And we are here tonight to discuss the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We've got lots of news, uh, or at least some news, right, Jeff? We have uh, just few. A few, 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 news few pieces. pieces of news piece stories, but one big one. One sizable one, One yeah. sizable one. And then we're also going to do uh, some more feedback this week. We've got some uh, uh, Daredevil feedback and some S.H.I.E.L.D. feedback and just some general feedback. Uh, so we're going to get all caught up on that so next week we can go into our uh, Hank Pym... Uh, character spotlight. Character spotlight. That's a, that's a good word for it. Good call. Um, so, let's get into the news. <laughs> I don't like that noise. Okay. I don't think we should do that for a, a lead-in. Come on, it's the that. news. It's the classic, like, 40s news sound. Yeah, but this is 2015. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Maybe just... Is that a good 2015 sound? Uh, yes. You know? All right. Yes. <laughs> Sounds kind of Back to the future <laughs> Back to the Future 2, of course, when they travel to 2015. Right, right, right. Yes. <laughs> this is not this is not the future of the 80s. No, this is not the future of the 80s. How disappointing is that? This isn't even, well, I would say this isn't even in the future of the 60s. I was thinking about this this week. I was listening to a... Uh, We're getting Neil, sidetracked, but go ahead. No, that's, that's cool. It's cool. This is what this show's really about. Come on. <laughs> Talking about Back to the Future. Um, <laughs> which I hope they bring into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. They, yeah. they brought in Spider-Man. Why not... Uh, bring in Back to the Future. Not a Marvel property, uh, but okay. It could be. It could be. Um, <laughs> I was thinking. I was listening to Neil deGrasse Tyson this week on his podcast Star Talk. Yeah, and he was talking to some NASA scientist, and he was asking him, what, "Where's our flying cars?" Yeah, and you know, in that like playful, sort of childish way, like science has failed us. Where's our flying cars? We've been to the moon already. Like we're, we're, we're we should have flying cars. They're talking cars. about manned missions to Mars, and that's what this this episode was about. And and they're not. We don't have flying cars. And I realized, and and, and the um, the, his response was that NASA has actually been working very closely with some of the technicians, uh, building the driverless cars. Yeah. Yeah. And I've been super excited with driverless cars. Anyone that listens to my other podcast, Pursuit of the Trivial, uh, from the very first episode, I've been uh, talking about how obsessed I am with this driverless car idea. I've done like multiple stories on that show about driverless cars and in the news. Um, I mean, this could be a thing in like a couple of years. Like it's real close. Yeah. All right. Just saying. Very excited. So uh, I realized that as Neil deGrasse Tyson was, you know, whimsically asking about flying cars and the other guy responded with driverless, that's all I really want. (laughs) And I realized (laughs) me being content with with driverless cars as opposed to flying cars is is like the death of my whimsy. I realized, I realized you're settling, Matt. I don't even like. I don't even really want to drive a, a flying car. Like, I, it sounded so cool. There's so many licenses involved with that. Well, you know, I would hope, unless <laughs> unless it's a driverless flying car. But even yeah. still, like that would scare me to death. <laughs> I don't want a flying car. Like as much as what if it crabs out? I've been saying it my whole life how much I wanted a flying car. But listening to the Star Talk this week, I was like. I don't even desire that anymore. <laughs> like, I saw Flubber. I don't want that. <laughs> and 
I really want a driverless car. And I realized how, like, how much I've changed. Like, I really am just, like, a pragmatist that, like, wants to be able to do work in his car or sleep in the car while I'm driving these long drives Let's to be honest, you other cities. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, you, know, you, know, I, you know this about me. The audience may not. I'm a musician, and I almost every night have to travel an hour or two or three for for gigs in other cities and uh man if i could hop in the car at the end of the night and like load my gear up and just go to sleep (laughs) i would do that every day see i was thinking about this actually literally earlier this morning whenever um whenever i was on my way to work i was thinking you know if if we all had driverless cars like automated cars, you set your destination, it goes, and it doesn't allow you to stop for impulse things. Like, hey, I want to eat there because that looks good. I saw a Hardee's on the way, <laughs> and I want that. And yeah, you wouldn't get that like thousand calorie biscuit in the morning. Oh yeah, you would do a lot better on. Oh man, Hardee's has a new pork chop biscuit. Oh, my God. See. It's ridiculous. You see, that's what we're fighting against with these no, driverless cars. Absolutely. No, that's actually a, a pretty good point. You know how they have, like, um, fitness trackers? Yeah. It'd be funny if your driverless car was, like, jacked into your fitness tracker and it wouldn't allow you to go somewhere that was over your <laughs> caloric limit. It's like, no. <laughs> no. You can't be here. There's a Hardee's. <clears throat> and, and, and you could probably have a tablet in the car that would, like, bring up the menu so you could, like, order your food before you get there oh, kind yeah. of thing. Easily. Which... You could, Taco like, Bell has that option now. What? Yeah, Taco Bell has an app. You can order before you get to you Taco Bell? You can order before you get to Taco Bell and they will have your food ready. That For those people who can't wait 45 seconds, right. like, what's the, <laughs> what's the, what problem is that solving? <laughs> I don't know. The infrastructure for that has to be ridiculous, how much they had to... You know what problem Taco Bell is also solving? What's that? There's one in Chicago that's opening up. That is, uh, they're going to be serving alcohol. I've heard about that. At Taco Bell. I've heard about that, which is amazing, really. <laughs> it's the best idea, because you don't yeah. have to go anywhere. Yeah. You're or that late night snack, when you go to uh, get something to eat to sober up so you can drive home, you can just continue drinking. <laughs> <laughs> You're already there. <laughs> There's no goat. Let's go to Taco Bell. Like, how do you get Taco there? Bell I don't know. I'm like, drunk. Yeah, it's like the two or three more in the morning drunk food. Yeah, and now I can like continue that. You're just continue there. that drunken evening. It's like they know. Yeah, they've, they've accepted it. And this is like the hmm. one pilot store to see how well it does. Yeah, and like, I want to go to Chicago just to make sure it does well. <laughs> <laughs> Supported everyone. Yeah. All right. If we have any friends, uh, friends out there in Chicago, go to, go to Taco Bell for us. <laughs> go to that one Taco Bell. Yeah. And go buy go buy some booze at Taco Bell. Actually, just go go to Taco Bell like it's a bar and just get drunk there. <laughs> just don't even there. get any food. Yeah. Just just go and only <laughs> buy alcohol and or like ap- or alcohol and appetizers. Like yeah. get the little cinnamon twist. <laughs> Seven twist and alcohol. That sounds disgusting. I don't know. If you're drinking like Angry Orchard the whole time, that might be pretty good. Oh, that's it. So that's sweet and sweet. I never like sweet and sweet. You gotta go sweet and savory. Cinnamon and apples, man. Yeah. I do like a good fireball dropped into my uh, Angry Orchard. Yeah. That's pretty good. All right. We're a little off topic. Nah. Didn't even get one news story in before we yeah, got we went topic. directly to Back to the Future, <laughs> then somehow got to drinking at Taco Bell. Uh, all right. 
let's get uh, let's steer away from my alcoholism and my fatism and get back to uh, other things that you've done. Other things that I've done? Yeah, you talk. You're always trying to get those. Uh, you went awkward uh, transitions. I am <laughs> segues. I do like awkward segues. <laughs> you like, but it's like you you try real hard to make a segue that works, but then you intentionally infuse awkwardness, like <laughs> like like you, in a way like you don't know what I'm saying, but I'm saying something. Just just segue, man. Just segue. You, no. You've got a segue. Go for it. Now we're gonna go to other go things that on. you've done, like the six minute Ant Man preview. Oh, I did go to the six minute Ant Man preview before I Jurassic can, World. Yes, Jurassic World and IMAX this uh this last few weeks had um a uh, a 6-minute Ant-Man preview and it seemed to show the first I don't know if it's the very beginning but it showed something near the beginning of the movie about 3 or 4 minutes and then it showed like an extended uh just trailer basically. Um I want to love it. But I must say the actual scenes they showed didn't really give me much to love. They were fine. They were fine, but they f- didn't feel... They just didn't feel original. They, they didn't, didn't feel Marvel. Yeah, they didn't feel Marvel. What uh, What was the scene? Uh, well, I guess, spoiler alert, if you don't want to know what the first few scenes of Ant-Man are like... Uh, leave uh <laughs> or Get out. S- skip ahead skip ahead a minute or two uh it was um the first the first couple minutes spoiler alert again uh were um Scott Lang getting out of prison okay and it's him in like a prison sort of like a prison yard dealing with other prisoners and then it's him riding in a car with his uh his uh friend who's driving him home from prison and it just didn't I mean, it was fine. Like it just, it didn't. It wasn't even that funny. And it was. I think it felt like a. It felt like just like a regular like situation comedy sort of at the beginning, um, and it didn't resonate as like super funny to me. And that makes me. I don't know. It. it I've, I. But I must admit, uh, I did not. I went to the, whatever it was, six, seven, eight, twelve, something. I don't know. Minute. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy trailer that they did in IMAX. They did the same sort of thing for Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. And I also was not very impressed. I loved it when I went. Really? Yeah. I, it wasn't bad. It was bad. the prison scene. Yeah, it was the prison scene. And I loved the prison scene, but it was cut differently. Yeah, yeah. And it, was, uh, and it didn't cut away to other things, so you just get this like one long 15-minute prison scene, um, and... It just it, it was pay, it was just paced differently and it didn't resonate. I don't and I didn't know anything about the characters yet, so like without any setup or yeah, I yeah. didn't love the prison scene uh, the, on the, upon a first watching. I, I love it now. I mean, there, there were things that I loved. I loved um, I loved Groot going up and taking the taking the panel off yeah. while they're talking about how they have to do that last. That's that was yeah. great stuff. So get the Cornix <clears throat> battery last. This part's very important. <laughs> um, the whole thing will go into lockdown. But but see, even though I didn't love that when I went to see it, the first little 15-minute preview or whatever, I still felt like it felt super original. Yeah. And this Ant-Man trailer felt like just kind of every other situation comedy. You think maybe you're a little bit jaded? Might be expecting too much out of it. No, I don't think I'm. I don't think my expectations are that high for Ant Man. Okay. That's the thing. My expectations are kind of low um, <laughs> at this point. And, and, and I'm not saying I'm not going to like it. I'm just saying 
I'm, I'm nervous. You're hesitant. I'm hesitant because of the whole Edgar Rice situation. And, yeah. Um, but we will see. I think you're riding too much on Edgar Wright. I don't know, man. That man has made some amazing movies. <laughs> and it is for my money, he hasn't ever failed to make yeah. an amazing movie. He has done quite good on comedy. Not just comedy. Really great dramatic scenes. He's made me cry in multiple movies. And uh, and the action in his movies is awesome, too. Like, really, really a great fit for a comic book movie. Yeah. And so... So I'm still I'm I'm trying to let it go. It's been we've been talking about it on this podcast for a year now, and I and I'm st- and I, every time I talk about it, I'm like I'm gonna let it go. I'm gonna let it go, but it's still there. And I'm I just, just I feel like I'm you just can't let it go, man. I feel like I'm always gonna be thinking how much better this would be if it had that Edgar Wright feel to it. You know, watch it be your new favorite. It could be, and I would love that. I'm believe me, I'm rooting for it. I'm I'm very heavily rooting for it. After. Uh, me and Dave Robertson from the uh, DC On Screen podcast were talking about it last night, and we were talking about how <sighs> he made the statement. Um, I think Marvel's kind of turned a corner and kind of going downhill. And I was like, "What?" Or no, and he didn't say downhill. That's putting words in his mouth. I forget what he said. He said something to that effect, like they're slowing down. Or, and I was like, "It's really that's not that's not a good thing to say because." They had two of their best movies ever last year, yeah, they and did. <laughs> all we've got, all we've got this year is Age of Ultron. Which I will admit, Age of Ultron did not live up to what I wanted out of Age of Ultron. I le- I liked it a lot, but it, it 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 didn't feel like it had its own standalone arc. You yeah, know? Um, I didn't feel emotionally impacted the way I wanted to. I, and the I way wanted, I, f- I wanted to see the director's cut before and pass any judgment. Yeah, but that's hard. In that way. It's hard to... Well, see, that's my point, though. Like, The fact that you have to see that you before have to see you the director's cut? Like, yeah. that's, that, that's my point. If, if Marvel's having such a hard time with their directors right now, that like one director's super unhappy and, and is saying that you know his cut's way different, and we're all wanting to see his director's cut because we don't like the cut that's there, and then Ant-Man, the director that we were all so excited about, left. <laughs> it's like, I'm a little nervous that Marvel has stopped trusting their directors because in the early day i mean john favreau was such a bold choice to start this universe oh yeah such a different and interesting choice and i think they did the same thing with james gunn uh with guardians and guardians had no ties to the previous movies with the exception of thanos and guardians almost started off a universe on its own like i mean it's good it's gonna be the marvel cosmic universe yeah and it's it's pretty much started its own thing and was successful enough that it's got enough fans and it made enough money that it's going to be able to spawn its own little cosmic universe, you know? Yeah. And uh, th- those are the two cases where they've done that. They've been able to like build a universe off of those movies. And I could see Guardians of the Galaxy being even, even a, a larger uh, story to mine because there's so much in the cosmic universe. You oh, know? yeah. And there's so much that people don't, don't even know about, you know? Um so you've got that, and you've got Iron Man, and I feel like with those two movies, they trusted their directors, and they put them in the hands of interesting choices and let them have a little more control. At least that's what it seems like from an outsider's perspective. And those turned out wonderful. Two of my favorites, you know, Iron Man 1 and Guardians of the Galaxy. And I'm a little worried that with Age of Ultron and Ant-Man, it seems like they're not doing that. They're, they're kind of handcuffing Joss Whedon, and they wouldn't allow... Edgar Wright to 
fulfill his vision. I also see it from the other side as I want continuity to be good. So obviously I want them to be in control. I just want a happy medium, I guess. Yeah. You know, there are uh, there are rumors going around that Marvel is looking at Kenneth Branagh to do Thor 3 Ragnarok. Okay. Because he, he did direct. Thor 1. Oh, okay, cool. That's right. I remember that. He's also... Um, He's directed so many like Shakespearean things. Yeah, Hamlet, Much Do About Nothing. Um, did he do a fellow? I don't remember. Okay, I, just, I remember seeing him in um, in a lot of my like my high school English classes because Miss Pass was all like, "You have to watch these Kenneth Branagh as God" <laughs> kind of thing. Gotcha. She's also the kind of person to pronounce it Renaissance instead of Renaissance, but whatever. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> no, it's not. So... You got another news story for us? I got another Ant-Man type thing. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Feige has promised that Janet Van Dyne's Wasp will be seen in Ant-Man. She hasn't been like announced as like this person casting... Mm-hmm. Or going to be a big deal? I mean, she might have been cast. I might not have seen it. But um, apparently, Hank Pym, played by Michael Douglas, is going to be an aging widower. Mm. And whatever happened to Janet uh, Wasp is going to be um, what stops him from being a hero, I guess. It's what caused him to hang up the suit. Uh, he said... Kevin Feige said, quote, She factors in a number of spoilerish ways, but we will see Janet Van Dyne in action in this film and sort of what happened to her. Hmm. That's cool. Well, we've talked about the possibilities of them having flashbacks to like a young CGI'd Michael Douglas. <laughs> yeah. Or, 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 you know, young Hank Pym, possibly even with... Uh, uh, Agent Carter in the mix, so. Oh yeah, 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 yep. Yeah. And in the in the I have the Ant Man prequel comic, and the in the first issue, uh, it's a young Hank Pym and Agent Carter are together. I've been meaning to read that book and report on it, but um, I'm lazy at reading comic books. Okay, that's fair. Uh, let's see. Feige and his team wouldn't reveal much more than that, and the fact that. Uh, what happened to Jan, the original Wasp, was bad enough to cause him to end his time as the Ant-Man. Additionally, it drove a wedge between him and his daughter, Hope, who's played by Evangeline Lilly. Mm-hmm. Quote, Hope and her father don't get along very well, and they haven't for many years, for most of her life. End quote. Mm. Huh. I like it. Uh, that, that sounds like there's some cool emotional complexity to those characters, and... um. They'll have some sort of arc, something something in their past haunting them, something to get over, you know. So, I dig that. <laughs> that reminds me of Wedding Crashers. Guess who's a broken man? Haunted past. Like it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh, that movie's so good. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. It really is just one of the best. Is that your second favorite comedy? Ooh. Because Forgetting know, Sarah Marshall is your first. Forgetting Sarah Marshall is my number one favorite comedy. Uh, it's up there. Especially the uncorked edition. Of Wedding Crashers? Yeah. I haven't, I've, I haven't seen them both close together and known really the differences. But, yeah, I really, really 
enjoy Wedding Crashers. It's probably it's up there. Zoolander is one of my favorite comedies too. <laughs> it, but that, that's more of like uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall is one of my favorites because it's emotionally uh, stirring as well as yeah, as well as um, hilarious. Um, Zoolander is like the opposite side of that. That movie makes me laugh because it's just so silly. It's just so dumb. And there's a sequel coming? Yeah, there is. Sequel Why? to Zoolander on its way. Do you know how they announced the movie? Did you hear about that? No. They announced uh, <laughs> the Zoolander sequel by having um, Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson come out in character on an actual runway show. And, like, you know, the music changed and they came out and they uh, as as Zoolander and I forget the other character's name. Because it was that unimportant. I could probably do it if I stared at the wall for a few minutes, but... <laughs> no, not going to do All it. All right, Wilson. <laughs> staring at the wall. It makes me feel alone. Oh, Fisk. Wilson Fisk. Yeah. Got it. That was... I like that impression. I did pretty good on that. That was one. good. That was a good... That was a good, uh, was I've, a been, good I've been watching a lot of Daredevil Fisk. here lately. Um, you know, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio was in Jurassic World as well. Yeah. Played a main character. Well, not main. Uh, he I was, remember he was seeing in the him in the trailer and going, oh! What? Yeah, I didn't recognize him uh, until I was in the theater and he was, I saw him moving and talking and I was like, it's Fisk. <laughs> Such marvel. <laughs> so. So. Apparently. Yeah? Robert Downey Jr. I'm going to whisper this. Okay. Robert Downey Jr., says that Mark Ruffalo is going to be in Civil War. Ooh. But it hasn't been officially announced yet. Okay, but RDJ says so. RDJ says so, so... I like how he just, you know, he completely goes off the reservation. He's like, I don't care if it hasn't been announced. I'm saying what I want to (laughs) say. He's like, yeah, he's in it. Yeah. Uh, That's interesting. I, I I don't know that I expected to see Hulk return so soon. Um, given given where they left his character in Age of Ultron, it's it's interesting to be sailing into the sunset. Yeah, that he would be returning so soon. Yeah, somebody asked him about it in a uh, in an interview, and he said, "I don't know if Robert Downey Jr. says I'm in Captain America, then I'm in Captain America. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> he said, I'll wait for the day that my call sheet shows up on my doorstep or or my script. At this point, I'm told that I'm in it." by Robert, which I'll take as, as <laughs> biblical, but I just haven't seen or heard from production yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I love that. I like how uh, I'm not even sure that he's actually in it yet. I think RDJ just wants his science bro. <laughs> he just um, wants his science bro back. He's going to fan cast it like just by saying yeah, exactly. he's in it. And everybody's going to be like, yes, he's in it. And Marvel's like, no, he's not. But okay. I guess now he is. <laughs> We kind of have to now. Dang it, we had plans. <laughs> <laughs> we were going to do Planet Hulk. If it weren't for you and your little dog. Meddling kids. Meddling kids. You meddling Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> so, we we talked about earlier this uh, this year that Marvel Studios is going to be skipping San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah. Because they they're just not going to have that much to present. Um, but Marvel Television is going to be there. Oh, great. 
So they're, um, they've got a schedule up online of um, the Agent Carter stuff and the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff that's coming up and the animated stuff that they're going to be talking about and all of that. Um, I guess I can get a link up on Facebook so that we can discuss that. Yeah, great. Um, yeah, we should definitely see what kind of news comes out of that. Hopefully we'll learn some cool things. Um, speaking of the TV, uh, Nathaniel Muzzy posted um, in uh, an article to the Facebook. Real quick, I just want to mention that's too good a segue. You should make it more awkward. <laughs> but go ahead. <laughs> see? Don't worry. I knew you would do it for me. Um, <laughs> Let me just screw this up by throwing a stick in the spokes. There's apparently a rumor... Uh, and this is just rumor, so who knows, but that Marvel is developing a three different TV series. And and I I don't doubt it. It sounds like they've been developing a lot of things. Some of them have stuck. Some of them haven't. Um, But a Cloak and Dagger series, a Ms. Marvel series, and a Hulk series. And I've heard about that, that Ms. Marvel series is actually not going to be the uh, Carol Danvers Captain Marvel but it's going to be Kamala Khan, the new Miss Marvel. Okay. Yeah, she's a, a Muslim teen who has cosmic-ish powers and looks up to Miss Marvel and is, or looks up to Captain Marvel and is like, you know what? I'm going to take on that name. And she's got like, she's got a, a goofy teenager-looking costume right now. But it's like okay. it's a black shirt that has the same logo that she used or that um, Carol had when she was Miss Marvel. But it's black as teenager. I mean, it was a black suit before, but it was like a black skin suit with a yellow lightning boltish look to okay. it. So she's got like a, a t-shirt with that symbol on it, oh, and I see. like some goofy eye coverings to be like, this is it my reminds superhero. me of like the '90s uh, Superboy. <laughs> yeah, a lot. I can see that. I'll send oh. you a picture of her. Cool. Oh yes, this is good because this uh, this Wikia article has her chewing bubble gum. <laughs> there you go. Even even more like uh, the I don't know. That's just still just really A silly really teenager. Reminds me of. Oh yeah, and she's got uh, to Superboy. to I guess emulate the sash that uh, Carol wore as Miss Marvel. She's got that scarf. She got a red scarf <laughs> blowing in the wind. I wish it were a Doctor Who scarf. Um, <laughs> that would that would get me going. Yeah, that she does look like a kiddo. But I can see that. You know what that reminds me of? Her being um, being a young hero looking up to the uh, looking up to Captain Marvel. Uh, have you seen this this uh, trailer that they released for the Supergirl series? Sorry, yeah, I saw a trailer for it. I didn't. It wasn't interesting to me. Neither was Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, oh, I thought Legends of Tomorrow looked really interesting. Um, all that time travel, man. I'm in. Sorry, but uh, I was wrong. Okay, it wasn't cosmic. She doesn't have cosmic abilities. Okay, technically, I guess it does come from cosmic. But uh, Kamala Khan is an inhuman. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, that that makes a lot of ties sense. in with everything real well that's going on. Yeah, um, that because the the fish oil. Yeah, the fish oil. Uh, and if she's, uh, I like how we're not going to spoil. We're not going to say because we're not in a spoiler section. But I like how anyone not uh, 
not caught up on the shows right now. Just heard us say fish oil like it was a realization. <laughs> and they don't know what we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I um, I think that's interesting. It just reminds me a lot of that Supergirl commercial. Um, there's there's like a five or six minute trailer for Supergirl circulating around the internet, as well as actually I think the full episode leaked as well. Um, but it's basically her as a young hero looking up to her distant cousin, Superman, who is out there somewhere. Uh, so this kind of reminds me of that same sort of thing. Maybe they're chasing up the same market. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, but the the Supergirl thing is like the young 20-something looking market. That's true. And Kamala Khan well, is very no. high school. No, 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 no. I think that... Yes, the girl in the show is like young twenty something, but the market that they seem like they're going for is it's definitely CW teen. Like, <laughs> yes, hardcore, like CW teen all the way. So I, I don't, I don't think that. Uh, I think they're very similar markets. It, well, we don't know what this Kamala Khan show could be, so I'm, I, I can't, I can't say that. Just based on the look of the character, sort of reminds me of, and the description. So, we have saved the biggest news for last. Have we? I think we have. Is it the biggest news? Oh, it's absolutely the biggest news. Is it that we have an uh, Amazon affiliate link? Uh, Yeah, that's the big news. Is that the big news? No, that's not not the big news. Now, Marvel Um, and Sony today, today, this very day, Tuesday, have announced that Tom Holland is going to be Peter Parker, Spider-Man. Woo! And John Watts is going to be directing the film. And Tom Holland was in a movie called The Impossible. Yep, Lo Impossible. I haven't seen, but I went on and watched some scenes from it and some interviews with him. And he, he seems like a really well-spoken, just a real cute kid. He's... <laughs> He's real adorable. Real cutie patootie kid. Now, he's a, little, he's a few years older now, and so I've seen pictures where yeah, he's, he's 19 looking, now. Okay, he's looking a lot more adult now, but in those those interviews from The Impossible, he just looked just damn cute. Yeah. <laughs> he, um, he posted some videos, actually, recently of him, like, kind of showing off arachnid agility, like, doing flips and stuff. Ooh. I posted those to our Facebook page. Uh, when I posted the uh, the casting announcement on our Facebook page, that's awesome. Um, it's in the comment. The uh, the flips and stuff are, you know, he used like his iPhone and did like the slow mo button or whatever. Oh, cool! And so you know he's using I guess video effects based on or based on uh, Apple. So it's a little bit cheesy, but. He's doing flips and stuff, and he looks he looks like a scrawny teenager that Peter Parker could be. That's cool. <clears throat> I haven't seen anything that he's in. You know, he's only got like nine acting credits on Yeah, and, and some, of them are, some of them are live things that he was yeah. in. So, uh, yeah, he doesn't have much to his credit, but I'm assuming... I'm assuming Marvel he's knows what they're doing. Got the chops if Marvel chose him, so I trust him. I, 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 and, and just looking at the other movie he was in... Seeing just a little bit of a little bit of his acting when he was a little younger, he looks great. Looks really, really great. And now, do you know what John Watts has done, the director? He has done a lot of comedic stuff. He's done um, a lot of videos for The Onion. Oh, really? They had, whenever they were doing their web series and whatnot. Um, I love, I love The Onion so much. He's also that done style of humor. 
he's also done a lot of YouTube videos. Uh, one of our listeners actually posted about it. Interesting. Um, uh, I'm going to have to look into this. I think he... This all came out today, so we're still... Uh, emailed. He emailed us. We're still looking over all of this stuff, but uh, yeah, it's... Uh, that sounds really interesting. It sounds like they're going to go in a young, campy, comedic direction. <laughs> Brian Keegan in our email said, Hey guys, long-time listener. I just wanted to let you know, the director of the new Spider-Man movie, John Watts, was a pretty funny YouTube video creator around 2007. Oh, if wow. You, if you go to YouTube and type in Waverly Flams... Or is that Florence? Nah, it looks like Flams. His stuff is there. He played the human in this video, and I will share, and he post the video uh the videos are pretty absurd and hilarious i'll be excited to see what he does with spider-man can't wait to hear the next cast huh sincerely keegs thank you keegs where am i well, let's watch it right now okay that was a video that was a video <laughs> thank you uh keegs uh for sending us that uh yeah dinosaur part four is a very strange video that apparently this director made in 2007 um <laughs> I don't know what else. I haven't seen his other work. <laughs> that would not, I think, qualify him to make Spider-Man. It's funny. It's weird. Uh, and I, I really, I really hope they do a good job of making Spider-Man funny. So I'm happy to see them giving giving the reins to a, a humor director. Yeah, he's also directed. He's directed recent things uh, like Clown last year. Uh, a film coming up this year called Cop Car. Hmm. Uh, he did in 2011. He did 12 episodes for the Onion News Network. Okay. And 10 episodes for Onion Sports Dome. And that's about it as far as like crazy Marvel short things. Marvel has such an amazing team doing all their effects and stuff now. You really do just need a person to helm up the, like, the character stuff and the creative side of things. And if they're going to go really funny, it's not, it, honestly, if based on what his credits are, it sounds like they're going to try to go with a really funny Spider-Man, which I love. Think about this. Cop Car is a thriller starring Kevin Bacon. Interesting. Comes out August 7th this year. Interesting. What? Why is that? Why are you making that point? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> it's said, got Kevin Bacon. You said think about this. It's got to be good. Um, I mean, Star Lord would say so. <laughs> um, that is that is That's sort the of, reference I was making. Thank that you. is sort of funny, uh, given that um, James Gunn also made a, a small independent movie with uh, Kevin Bacon shortly before he made Guardians See? of the Galaxy. See? Yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's where that's they fun. start. Yeah, with Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon warms them up. <laughs> Kevin Bacon is the proving ground for young, <laughs> young new Marvel directors. Well, he also, he also was in uh, X Men First Class, which was actually pretty good. Oh yeah, he was. That was good. Wasn't the MCU, but it was good. Yeah. One of the uh, few outside of the uh, MCU that were. One of yep. our listeners, Joe Sanders, uh, he commented saying Tom Holland was amazing in The Impossible. If he has the comedic chops, they should cast him as Spidey. Honestly, I don't want to know who it is until they unmask him in Civil War. 
dare to dream. And I'm sorry if we're the ones who told you to. <laughs> um, but it sounds like they're not going to go with my plan, which was uh, to not tell anyone who he was until he, until they unmask him in the middle of Civil War. That would have been such an epic decision. Yeah, because then people would have been like, no, it's Miles Morales. No, it's Peter Parker. Is he black or white? You know. Did you get a little... A little Michael Jackson on that? Uh, yeah. I think I might have sung uh, Black or White to a different Michael Jackson song, though. I think is what bad. I just did. Yeah. Sounded yep. like bad. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I did. All right. I can't think of the melody to Black or White. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway. <laughs> you got some other news feedback here? <laughs> a little bit. Um,. Donald Martin uh, on uh, Twitter said, this is awesome. Great decision to incorporate Castle in Netflix shows. And Bernthal played a great anti-hero, more anti than hero. (laughs) He's talking about what we discussed last week of um, Bernthal um, being cast as... John Bernthal being cast as the Punisher. Frank Castle. Um, So, yeah. I agree. I think that's going to be an awesome fit. Yeah. And he's really excited about the role, too. Uh, he's already started preparing. Like, there was a um, a comic book shop in, I think it's New York, um, that they saw him come in, and he just started grabbing Punisher comics and was just going to start reading all of it, like, just going to tear through all of it for reading it, or for uh, for research. And... They had a Punisher comic that they asked him to sign, and he was just like, hell yeah, and just signs it. <laughs> well, I like it. I love these getting into it. Oh, yeah. The, 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 I love when these guys really are excited to play the roles that they're getting they're getting to play, you know? Yeah. It's great. Justin Waters said, I always hoped that Anthony Starr, Lucas Hood on the show Banshee, would get cast as Punisher, but John Bernthal will do just fine. I do not know Lucas Hood or Banshee. Uh, do you? Nope. Never seen it. Well, you're you're probably right that he would be awesome. But I <laughs> cannot vouch for that. <laughs> Justin. I can't say either way, but I do know that John Bernthal is awesome. Yeah, John Bernthal is awesome. Um, so, yeah. So, um, a little bit more just kind of general feedback. Um I wanted to address what the Fej seventeen on Twitter said. Um, he was asking us if we if we knew that uh, Spider Man in the MCU would be Miles Morales or Peter Parker, and I responded to him saying that uh, Kevin Feige had said that Peter Parker is going to be the one that is in the MCU, and he's going to be in high school, and they want to keep him in high school for a few a few years. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> then, uh, like he had he had cited a source or cited a, a post from some comic book news site saying that Miles Morales was going to be the new flagship Spider-Man, hmm. and that is true. He's going to be the new flagship Spider-Man in the books, in the comic books after Secret Wars happens. Secret Wars is going on right now, and like the Battle World Collective is coming all together, mm-hmm. but. After the, all of that fallout comes down, uh, Miles Morales is going to be the flagship Spidey. And 
uh, he showed a picture, like he sent us back a picture and said, have any ideas on this picture? Um, I've seen it probably a month ago, maybe. It's a few weeks ago when I saw it first. <clears throat> Basically, Marvel is saying that this lineup is going to be the all-new, all-different Marvel. Um, the female Thor is making it out of Battleworld. Right. Um, Iron Man, Tony Stark is going through some like mental changes. Um, Interesting. Sam Wilson is still Captain America. Uh, Steve Rogers is still around. He's just older. Logan is coming back as old man Logan, but um, X twenty three is going to be civil, uh, is going to be Wolverine now. And X twenty three is going to be Wolverine now. Yeah, interesting. And um, you know, a couple of little changes like that. But Peter Parker Spider Man and Miles Morales Spider Man were both in the picture, so they're both going to be in the same universe. I mean, they were in the same universe before, but Peter Parker yeah, was dead both in the be Ultimates. In the universe. But they're both going to be in the main universe. Like, everything is getting... From what they're saying, it looks like everything's getting a hard reboot. Okay. Back to... Well, not hard reboot, but, like, everything's getting reset back to issues one for yeah. all of these things. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm really going to have to read into that Secret Wars. Just, it sounds it's pretty epic. It's a big event. Sounds pretty epic. Sounds like they're really changing a lot of things, which, I mean, I haven't really followed the comic books in a few years, uh, you know, like 15. Uh, That's a few. So, uh, that, is, that is a little more than a few. It's really just, it's shaking everything up. It's it's resetting to tell new stories, which honestly needs to happen. They've needed to reset the Marvel continuity in comic books for a while now. Yeah, Too many people really have gone away it. and come back. They've never really done it the same that way. I mean, DC's done that a few times. Yeah, they recently did that with the uh, New Fifty Two. With the New Fifty Two, and then the New Fifty Two's just been failing. Yeah. And they're going for another reset here soon, from I what they, I hear. They got a nice little pop in the beginning, but yeah, seems like didn't really live up to. Didn't really pan out. No. And I guess the last piece of little uh, little general feedback from stuff that we had talked about last week. Mark Amargo on Twitter said, I'm an officer in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Alliance on Marvel's Contest of Champions as Agent Mark. Yeah. Get <laughs> it. Get it, Mark. Um, yeah, uh, we, we talked last week about my new uh, my new favorite addiction, uh, and that's Contest of Champions. Um, uh, it's a Marvel phone game. It's basically Street Fighter with... It's like Marvel Street Fighter with a bunch of other like elements kind of mixed in there um and uh, i really really have enjoyed it so i said i said it last week but my name on there is uh gumdrop billy so if anybody wants to friend me or invite me and a couple of my friends to their alliance <laughs> but uh, you already have your own alliance i do but it's not a real good one yet and i just it, it will be once i get leveled up all right i i, I respect that let's do this okay I'm just uh, yeah, I'm just joking. We were joking about just bailing out earlier. I wanna I wanna create a cool alliance. That'd be neat. Yeah. I've never started one from the ground up. I have. Not have you? not an alliance on there, but like when I was playing uh World of Warcraft, I was guild master. Nice. Of a uh, of a decent little raiding guild for a little bit. Nice. Well maybe you can you can help us build this thing. No, I don't want to dedicate that much of my life again. Come on, man. Let me pressure you. <laughs> <laughs> Let me twist your arm a little bit. 
So upcoming, we're gonna be having. Uh, I just wanted. To, I just wanted to, before before we move on. Okay. I wanted to. Uh... Oh yeah, you got messages. Yeah, I had a couple. Uh, as I said last week, I would give you guys a shout out if you if you did friend me on Contest of Champions. So I wanted to give a shout out to Captain Rogers nineteen forty one. That's a great name, uh, and he was just uh, said he likes the podcast. So thank you very much, Captain Rogers. Uh, nineteen forty one. Woo! Good year. Good good year for Captain Rogers. <laughs> but also, uh, whiskey one eighteen also uh, posted and said he's enjoying the game and he didn't hadn't tried the game until we sh- we shouted it out last week. So if you guys are looking for a fun phone game that will suck a little bit of your life because it's kind of time consuming and battery. Uh, sure, sure. But and know, phone battery. You can charge that shit. Um. And he also mentioned that he really wants to see us do some commentary tracks in the coming weeks instead of comic book stuff. So. I can make fun of movies. Shout out to Whiskey118. Thank you very much for friending me on the game. December 7th, 1941. Oh, yeah? That's soon, hey? Well, that's when Pearl Harbor got attacked. Okay. Gotcha. Makes sense. I knew it was early 40s, but I thought it was like 42 or 43. Cool. I mean, not cool that Pearl Harbor got attacked. But cool that Captain Rogers 1941 knows his history. Anyway. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, I guess that's all that general feedback, right? Yeah, I guess so. Um, we, we, we did want to make an, uh, one, one quick announcement. It's more podcast news than anything. We mentioned it last week that we would have it this week, but we do have it. If you go to mcucast.com, if you would like to support us, uh, and without even giving us any of your money, uh, if you would like to show your support <laughs> for the podcast, we have an Amazon affiliate link now. So you can go to mcucast.com, and on the left-hand side of this uh, page, there is a Amazon shopping cart. If you click on that, it takes you to our Amazon store, where we have a whole bunch of items that you can buy from Amazon. Uh, it, right now, it's all a bunch of uh, Marvel Marvel related things. Marvel related items. So I, put, um, I spent a little bit on that today, getting uh, getting a bunch of essential series comic books up there, like the essential Ant Man. Uh, I've added the essential Scott Lang or the Ant Man Scott Lang comic that comes out next week. Mm-hmm. Um, a whole lot of comic books for upcoming stuff. I tried to focus more on stuff that hasn't come out yet, so that people could get uh, kind of more familiar with the character if they yeah. get these specific things. Which is what we're probably going to be doing on the cast. So. Some of them are a little bit expensive because they've been out for a little bit and are harder to find. Like the essential uh, Black Panther I think is like $100, but they'll probably release a new one before it actually comes out. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, it's just kind of like placeholders for those. Um, also on there is I've got every movie released on Blu-ray and uh, on Blu-ray so far. Nice. Added to the list. And also the Phase 1 big pack that had the Yeah, so if somebody wants to go buy the Phase 1 big pack and uh, so we get a little piece of it, that would be awesome. <laughs> the, the deal is you click on that link and then you go shop on Amazon and uh, you pay the same price as you normally would, but they send us a little bit of a cut for advertising Amazon. So uh, go it would Amazon. be awesome if you guys used our Amazon affiliate link. We'd really appreciate it. And there's also like toys and all the bobbleheads that I keep finding and talking about. Yeah. And, um, 
apparel. All right, I guess we're going to go into a spoiler section now. Um, we're, tonight we're going to be covering more feedback. Um, just kind of talk some Daredevil feedback um, and maybe a little bit of uh, mostly Daredevil. Mostly Daredevil, it looks like. We've got a few people that sent in some Daredevil feedback that we never got a chance to get to because we just haven't had a chance to do that wrap-up cast we wanted to for Daredevil. And it's getting a little little while since that should have happened. So we're just going to go ahead and cover some feedback uh, for Daredevil. So if you haven't seen Daredevil, you may not want to stick around. Uh, but we're only doing a little bit tonight. So uh, if you're... Uh, we really appreciate you guys coming coming around. Uh, we are the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast um, in partnership with 45 Magazine and a proud member of the Helicarrier Network. If you'd like to reach out to us, go to mcucast.com. Uh, go to facebook.com slash mcucast, mcucast at gmail.com, um, or visit us on iTunes where you can subscribe or leave a five-star review. And if you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at... 573-CAST-MCU. Um, all right. Well, we're going to go into spoilery time for um, Daredevil. We also will probably cover a little bit of feedback for um, S.H.I.E.L.D. and Avengers that we have a couple of short things, I believe. I think we had an Avengers voicemail. So this will just be kind of a, a blended. Uh, most of you guys, I'm sure, have seen all three things. So... Um, I don't think that'll be too bad of a spoiler time, but uh, we'll, I'll try to let you know when we're shifting gears. So if you want, if you need to bail out because you haven't seen Avengers yet or something, feel free to do that. It's been long enough. Everybody should have seen it by now. Right? Fans of this podcast? Come on, guys. If you haven't, what are you doing with your lives? I mean, living them productively? That's no fun. <laughs> Who does that? No fun. All right, all right. Uh, so let's cover some Daredevil feedback. What do you think? Yeah, three, two, one, let's go. Woo! Three, two, one. Daredevil happened. Well, right, yay. <laughs> That's the spoiler. <laughs> he wore a suit. He did. He did wear a suit. All right. Well, how about you read that first feedback there, Jeff? Okay. It's only two pages long, right? Uh, I think it's just about... It's just most of a page. It's I think cool. it's just about two paragraphs. So, was this an email? This looks like an email. It does look like an email. Mr. Chris Lang... I'm assuming it's a mister. Chris Lang <laughs> said, Hey there! Exclamation mark. It's a very good, bright opening. I appreciate that. I, I understand that we might need to break this long feedback down and talk about individual parts, but you don't have to break it down into two-word segments. That's a little much. <laughs> okay, I'll work on it. Just, just, just a note, just a small note. Chris goes on to say, I just wanted to let you know that I'm a huge MCU fan and I really enjoy your podcast. I just discovered your podcast this week and I've listened to several episodes already and I personally can't wait to follow any new series along with you guys. Aw, thank you, Chris. I will try not to make my feedback too lengthy, but I have a lot of things to say. I haven't listened to every Daredevil episode, so I'm not sure how much you have touched on where it stands in the chronology of the MCU, but here is my theory. Online, there's a lot of speculation on just when Daredevil happens in... Is this season two? But I'm assuming that's phase two. Phase two, probably, yeah. So He says, many people take Karen's comment, Union Allied's been benefiting from it for two years, in episode one, as a reference to the fact that the Battle of New York was two years prior, which would date the show approximately spring 2014, around the time of the fall of S.H.I.E.L.D. 
Hmm. Given that there's no mention of three giant helicarriers crashing into the Potomac somewhere, or something Ben Urich would be all over, I don't think this is the case. What people are forgetting is that if you consider the fact that Union Allied might have benefited from the rebuilding of Harlem after the events of the Incredible Hulk, this would date Daredevil approximately two years after that, which would be during the fall of 2013, just before the events of Thor. This is backed up by Ben Yurick's reference in Episode 8, he's an old man with tinfoil on his head. That's not a story. I think this is a reference to Eric Selvig, who was on the news during the events of Thor 2, which takes place in the fall of 2013. Point made, I think. Hmm. Thanks for everything, Chris. Interesting. Um, hmm. I we we did not discuss the chronology at all, nope. and <laughs> it's been a while since we've seen it. So that is totally. Uh, I I hadn't seen even seen people arguing about it online. That's interesting. I think uh, they do talk about the events that that are causing them to make extra money being, uh, you know, Oh, real quick. Hell raining down from the skies, which I do think was a, a reference to the battle of New York. It was real quick. Correction though. Uh, fall of 2013 was before the events of Thor two. Okay. Thor. Right. Right. So right, right. this was after the battle of New York, but before the, um, before the, what was the word that they used? Like the alignment or whatever of the realms. Okay. In Thor two. Yeah, the convergence. Convergence is might be the word. I think that's what they called it when they. That seems like a DC term. <laughs> I just think it sounds like a word that people use, but whatever. Nah. Whatever. The incursions. That's not even what that means. Cur- now uh, they. It's a different. It's a Marvel Comics thing. Gotcha. Incursions are where the different universes tend to collide and people okay. cross over and, you know, crap like that happens. Hmm. Crap like that happens a lot. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. Well, what do you think? Uh, do you, do you have, have you done any looking into this at all, Jeff? I haven't researched it, no, but it sounds, I mean, it sounds all right. Yeah. I like her. I, I don't know at what point she... She or he? Sorry, I'm, I'm not sure. Chris, Chris, Chris. I, I, I don't know at what point Chris is talking about. He's an old man with a tinfoil hat on his head. That's not a story. Um, that did happen. Uh, there, were, he was acting pretty crazy in Thor: The Dark World, which would have been around the same time. Um, man, but if it was Hulk, Hulk, the Harlem thing that happened like back in. 2008. Yeah, that was 2008. That was... Uh, so if it's two years past that... June? That would put Daredevil like solidly in phase one, actually. <laughs> so I'd probably say... Yeah, given that... Given that we know it's after the Battle of New York because of the comments in the first episode, uh, and we also know that Thor has been around because they mentioned Thor. <laughs> uh, well, they they mentioned a magic hammer. Yeah. So yeah. obviously Thor. Yeah, um, I think that it, it, two years past two thousand eight would be two thousand ten, and I think Avengers was two thousand eleven. If I'm not mistaken, uh, Avengers was two thousand twelve. 
Oh, okay. Well, then that's even further along. So I, th- I would say I think that they are probably talking about the Battle of New York because uh, it seems like they might have benefited from the rebuilding of Harlem after the Hulk destroyed it. <laughs> In 2008. In 2008. But that would have been before Avengers, and we... We already know well, that they they mentioned the Avengers. I believe they mentioned the Avengers a couple of times in the series. Sorry, I'm, we're going to look into this this week, and we'll figure out where where we stand on it. If you if you watch, shit. If you watch Iron Man two, yeah, there are new stories happening on the screens at the end in the final scene when he's talking to Fury about the Avengers initiative. Yeah. The new stories happening are from the Incredible Hulk. Iron Man 2 was released in 2010. Yeah, that's right. See, the timetable for these movies are not in real time. We know that to be true. Um, I've heard that three or four of the Marvel movies because of subtle connections, all happen within the same week of each other. Yeah. See, that's tricky, because Iron Man... We know Iron Man 1, he left... Coulson leaves and goes to find the hammer. Iron Man 2. Oh, that's Iron Man 2 as well. Yeah. Okay, so those, those are the connections. That's the end of Iron Man 2. He goes to... Uh, Nav- N- New Mexico. New Mexico. Enchantment. So Iron Man 2 happens at the same time as Hulk, and happens at the same time as Thor, or within the same week. It happens like right before, yeah. Yeah, so that's that's interesting. Yeah, I, I to be honest, I haven't studied the chronology at all, so I'm out of my depth. I'm out of my depth, Jeff. Save me. <laughs> well, see if if Hulk happens in 2010, and two years after that would have been 2012. Uh, Avengers was released in May, I think. Yeah, which we still don't know for sure that Avengers happens in real time. Like if it right. happens, in t- so it's it's tricky. It's tricky. We don't. I don't know if we know exactly when Avengers happens. So we know it happens after Iron Man two. No, we know it happens in two thousand twelve. Oh, really? Yes, because of the Agents of Shield episode where. Um, what's his name? The Talbot, General Talbot, says I was there in two thousand twelve. When a portal opened up above New York and aliens rained down from the sky. Really? Okay. Yep. So we have, a, we have a solid time. We, but that still doesn't mean we know exactly. <laughs> there's, there's a year's span of 2012, so it's a little bit big. Sure. We also don't. I, we may have this. You may be able to think of another one. But I don't know exactly when uh, that week that we're talking about with Thor. Thor. Captain America, um, or I'm sorry, Thor, Hulk, and Iron Man 2 all happened within the same week. So I wonder, you know, at what point those, when those happened. How long has Iron Man been Iron Man by the time that, uh, you know, Avengers happens? That's, a, that's, a, that's I guess, part of the question. I'm just going to have to look into it. I am, I am not knowledgeable of the chronology. Hmm. But thank you, Chris. So we assume interesting stuff. We assume the Avengers happens in mid 2012. It re- it released May 4th. Um, two years prior, 
The Incredible Hulk happens, 2010, because those events were happening at the same time Iron Man 2 was happening. Could have also just been a late news story, but you would think that that seems about... Like, with that kind of an Easter egg being an Easter egg like that, you would think it was real-time happening. Sure. Um, I think we're going to have to look into it and talk about it next week, maybe. Yeah. Let's write I don't that. remember Let's how write long... write that in the, in the show notes so we remember to get into it next week. I don't remember how long Scarlet... Or not Scarlet... Uh, Scarlet Johansson. Black Widow. I don't know how, Black, how long Black Widow said that Benner had been on the run when she first met mm. him. That's I don't question. know that she mentioned it, actually. Anyway. That's so, a good question. All right. Well, we'll look into yeah. that. We'll look into it and see what we can figure out. The only thing that I can think of that would refute that would be that Ben Urich, whenever he was packing up his stuff, looked at an article that he did on the Battle of New York kind of, like, longingly, like, man, these were the days. Hmm. Kind of like, I did this, and that was great. Yeah, it definitely definitely seems then? like the battle in New York has been a while. Yeah. Um so I th- I th- I think it's probably it's probable that the battle in New York was the 2 years ago that they're talking about. It's it could go either way, I think. Okay. But it's more likely that they're talking about the battle of New York. Yeah. Also, I don't know uh the geographic relationship between Harlem and Hell's Kitchen. That would probably be a, a part of it too, because <laughs> I think most of the work they're talking about is in Hell's Kitchen, and Harlem. If it's right in the same place, or if it's further, it's you know, across New York from it or something. So that's something to look into as well. Not that Marvel does an amazing job of making of of understanding how Hell's Kitchen works. I've had a lot of friends point out how. Hell's Kitchen is, is, is mostly just a couple blocks <laughs> in, in reality. In Manhattan. It's near yeah. Central Park. Yeah, it's, it's a very small area. It's, and it's not as divided. It doesn't, it's not like a separate area. It's just a part of New York, you know? Yeah. Harlem's actually on the, um, on the north part of the island. Like, on the... Uh, if you go directly across Central Park from Hell's Kitchen. Because, like, Hell's Kitchen's on the southwest corner of Central Park and Central Park goes kind of in a northeastern direction long ways I guess like yeah. a long rectangle if you go directly across it Harlem's on that side okay cool alright which yeah that's where Luke Cage came from too okay he came from Harlem yeah okay and I don't know if you want to count this, but uh, in Spider-Man Two, the one with Doctor Octopus, mm-hmm. they have a whole lot of a uh, whole lot of images of Central Park. Okay, like Spidey's just kind of like, "Hey, there's Central Park, I'm swinging on past." <laughs> yeah, here's, that's true. Here's Doc Ock's little. That's just like Sam Raimi, like, "Well, that looks prettier than the rest of the city. <laughs> I want to put as much of that in there as possible." <laughs> I'm just saying he's close by. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we got another one here from Wilson uh, from Sydney, Australia. Hi, MCU gang. Love the show. With regards to the mysterious doors are opening line at the end of episode 7, Stick, of Daredevil, I have a theory that they are referring to the dimensional portal to Kunlun that only opens once a decade 
part of the Iron Fist mythos. Mm-hmm. Considering that Madame Gao's drug has the symbol of the Steel Serpent, a major enemy of Iron Fist, I think that they are setting up for the Netflix Iron Netflix Iron Fist show. That's hard to say. Netflix Iron Fist show. Netflix Iron Fist show. You started to stumble a little bit. You said Iron Fish. Did Pretty I? Sh- a little bit. Iron Fist show. <laughs> I think it's just that I'm dehydrated. And he said, your thoughts. Uh, I definitely think you're right about oh, that, yeah. Wilson. Um, the uh, Has to be. The Definitely the steel serpent symbol on the packaging of the drugs is a huge... Huge nod to the the Iron Fist uh, mythos, and um, I think the doors opening may have something to do with uh, the Iron Fist mythos, but it also I think is going to be tie into what's going to happen. All of the mystical stuff I think is going to culminate in the Defenders. It could, it very well could. I um, I think that it is definitely referencing Kunlun just because. There is, there's a whole lot of uh, a lot of push, a lot of um, emphasis drawn to there being a timetable for getting everything set up or for getting everybody in place. Like the the hand, uh, Nobu's men wanted to get everybody in place in a specific spot, getting ready for a time uh, time frame. Stone said to stick, you know, will he be ready when the doors open? They're looking at a very specific time frame. So specific time frames like that, talking about mystical things and doors opening, like all of that seems to pretty well point to Kunlun coming to the earth, earthly dimension. Yeah. You know, this once a decade thing. Yeah. As opposed to the 88 years. I did a lot of reading on Kunlun recently. <laughs> I, I watched stick also, um, like two days ago and I was like I want to know about Kunlun because I remembered uh, I actually remembered Wilson talking about that in that email and I was just like I I want to know more about it because I don't remember everything about it that I need to so I just started reading yeah like I do on the Wikipedia and it's pretty neat cool Marvel's all about some ancient aliens crash landing somewhere <laughs> I I really love, I love where they're going with the mystical, dimensional, spiritual, like all these different cosmic, all these different areas where they have, you know, the battle for of good and evil is like going on in all these different planes. And I just love. It's like they're accepting everybody's mythology at the same time. Yeah, exactly. I like it. They're trying to weave it all together to be one cohesive thing. I just love that. Love it. Right, Noel on Twitter said, at MCUcast, did you catch, or has anyone pointed out the rocks and oil mentioned in Daredevil episode 10? I do recall that when we were watching through. I I don't know that we mentioned it. Well, I don't, yeah, we definitely didn't mention it on the show. So, so yeah, good call. Good call. I do recall the rocks on oil mention, and, man, just that tight continuity, man. Thank you for calling us, calling the, our attention to the tight, tight oh, yeah. continuity. Yeah, that was Noel, in... Uh, that tight, tight continuity. Oh, that deep, hot continuity? Mm-hmm. That was in the lawyer scene. Yes. Yeah. I believe you're correct. Yeah. Was it Nelson versus Murdoch? Was that was that, that one? Um, I'm going to check. I. Th- it wasn't when... Uh, yep, Nelson v. Murdoch. 
I'm good at this game. Give me another one. Yeah. <laughs> well done. All right, you want to read that last feedback for us, Jeff? Yeah, Mr. Robert T. Frost. This looks like, what, Facebook? <clears throat> yep. says, so a couple of stray thoughts. The name of the show is Daredevil, sometimes laughingly referred to as Kingpin, but let's just call it what it was. D'Onofrio. He absolutely made this show. There are many characters to explore, and I can't wait for season two, but Vincent D'Onofrio's acting was the best of the best. He deserves an Emmy. IMHO. I love your idea of a show about Ben Urich, and he could still influence Civil War. As a reporter, he could have notes, stories, and research on powered people for an expose that is printed by his editor as Ben's final piece as a nod to his part in the comics that you referenced. Hmm. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. I have a feeling if he doesn't show up there, they're probably not even going to mention him, which is sad. It is. Sad. Because in Civil War front lines, he did such a good, like, such a good job bringing Iron Man to his knees as a reporter. Yeah. Just kind of making Iron Man feel bad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that sounds sounds interesting. Uh, I, 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 again, haven't read Civil War yet, but we probably will later this year. Oh, yeah. It's Um, on the list. It's on the list. Um, I completely agree that I think Vincent D'Onofrio deserves an Emmy for his acting. Oh, yeah. It really just was... It was top, it was super top notch, super top notch, and 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 the the all these Emmy uh, boards have kind of a they don't they don't treat comic book fair with much respect, so I kind of doubt we'll see it. But man, he he, dare des- he deserves it. Dare to dream, Matt. Dare, dare to dream. dream. You know who I think really honestly deserves a nod at least. Who's that guy who plays Foggy Nelson? Really? Yeah. Because you think about it, that character went through such an arc. He went through so many ups and downs emotionally. Hmm. Like, at the start, he was best friends with everybody. He's all happy. He sees a little bit of darkness in the world. He still keeps going. He starts to get, like, more and more depressed about it. And then he finds out that his best friend is Daredevil. The, you know, the devil of Hell's Kitchen, back when he thinks that every everything that guy does is a terrorist act. And that's, you know, that's a low point. Why didn't you tell me? You should have told me. And he's at a real low point. He's drinking all the time. He's angry at the world. He's still keeping the secret. And then he comes back up. He comes back up and is being a kick-ass lawyer again and kind of finds a way to get over it and, and show forgiveness for this friend and start to rebuild. And you you see that emotional roller coaster in him, and it's so... Like, it's so written on his face, and you can see every emotion that he has, and I I really like that actor. Like, yeah. I, I liked him before when he was in, like, I was like, hey, that's the guy from the Mighty Ducks. Like, yeah. I've liked him in the in the small things I've seen him in since then, but he I haven't really seen him in, in, a, uh, in a bigger role like this before. And he's, he deserves props for how he portrayed that character. Mm-hmm. I think, at least. Yeah. No, I, I liked him. I, I don't think it was on the caliber of... Oh, no. It wasn't like Vincent of D'Onofrio, D'Onofrio or uh, even of Charlie Cox. And the one thing I will say that I disagree, uh, Robert here says that D'Onofrio made the show. Like he, um, I think that Charlie Cox also was equal parts making the show. Yeah, it was a very 50-50. Yeah. I, from the very first scene... 
um, when uh, when it's just you know, you know the second scene or whatnot, when it's just Charlie Cox's face on screen for like a three minute long monologue. Oh, that was the best monologue I've ever seen. It's so good. It's so so good. And so so I think that Charlie Cox did a wonderful job as well. I think he has a less. His character is less complex. It's written a little less complex, and so D'Onofrio had a little more to chew. Uh, but I think that Charlie Cox was punching at the same weight class. Well, he, he being Charlie Cox, he had he had a character that goes through like thinking about being a hero. What does it mean to be a hero? Becoming a hero is a hero arc. Hmm. You know, standard becoming hero arc. Yeah. And accepting what being a hero is and what that means that he has to do. Which is a pretty vanilla arc as mm. far as as far as comic book stuff is concerned. Sure. And D'Onofrio just had so much more emotional complexity to show, like, was a good kid, you know, coming from being a good kid to like killing father to moving to out to nowhere and then coming back to wanna fix the city actually wants to fix the city but going about it the wrong way kind of you know just it's a always whole lot going on it's always easier to play a villain well it seems like um, yeah it seems like it's easier um uh to tell a complex villain story than to tell a complex hero story yeah i can see that so I think that's that's working against Charlie Cox a little bit, and I do think that in general, D'Onofrio had more to do, uh, and they just made some really interesting choices for the character with uh, his childlike nature yeah. that he had throughout the series. That was really uh, interesting and powerful. I can see that it was very moving. Sure, especially sure. I just watched like it might have been yesterday or two days ago. Uh, episode 8, Shadows in the Glass. Yeah. Which was the episode that um, that displays Kingpin's, uh, his backstory. Mm-hmm. Like how, you know, his father raised him and, you know, the eventual downfall. Yeah. So, that's pretty fresh on my mind. Just how, how he came from that point. So, like, he had, oh, he had, mm. That character, man. That character has so much to it. Mm-hmm. Great character. I'm excited, actually, about uh, upcoming Netflix series Luke Cage. Yeah. Because that is a that's a good guy. You know, that's a hero that is using his heroic ability, uh, kind of as a, a way to earn a living. He's a hero for hire. He starts an agency called Heroes for Hire, but he's been in prison, which is which is where he gets his powers. I mean, he he goes to a prison and is kind of not doing well in there because he thinks his family is dead, and he's enraged over somebody leading him to believe that. Um, and he eventually gets like volunteered for uh, a testing of like a super soldier serum variant and Hmm. ends up getting unbreakable skin and super strength. So like he gets his powers in prison and comes out and is like, you know what? I'm going to be a good guy. And 
he still needs to make a living. Yeah. So like there's a there's a good chance for a complex hero in that character that I'm really looking forward to how they how they portray that and how they play that. Yeah, absolutely. I love the heroes for hire thing. Um that's something they did on uh Angel in the in the first couple seasons. Yeah. Actually yeah. all throughout he's he's got a like a supernatural detective agency sort of thing, and so every once in a while they have they charge a client that can afford it. You know, it's yeah, it's super fun. Oh wow! There's a whole arc where he like has a child and is trying to. There's a child he's trying to care for, and so he needs to make money. So he ends up like charging people they would normally charge, and <laughs> he's acting like a little money hungry. <laughs> So it's sort of Kids funny. are expensive, man. Right? Exactly. So are puppies. Yeah, they are. When you get them from a breeder like you did. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just saying upkeep. Upkeep's expensive on a, on a little puppy like this. But he's adorable. He is adorable. He's I concur. adorable. I think we have a voicemail here. Let me see here. Hey, this is Mike from Grand Junction. Love the podcast. And I'm wondering if you have seen the Chris Evans uh, Gucci commercial that they play on Hulu. It's uh, black and white and horrible. Um like to hear your comments on that. And uh, next time he tries to claim that, you know, this is not about money and he wants to go into directing or whatever. Uh, clearly, at this point in his career, it is about money because it is a horrible commercial. Hope he got paid a lot. All right. Uh, <laughs> well, I hadn't seen that commercial, uh, but now that you mentioned it, we went ahead and watched it, and and I realized I I actually have seen that commercial a number of times, <laughs> and never realized it was Chris Evans. Really? I was just completely like it was in the background, and like the commercial comes on, I just zoned out every time, and just never noticed Chris Evans. And it's very clearly Chris Evans. Like it's not even. He, he's not hard yeah, to tell. Don't try at all. to hide it. Don't try to hide that. It's very, uh, it's very much a Sin City ripoff. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, that's a weird commercial. Meet a girl in the street. If she's wearing this perfume, and you don't know her, go have sex in the back of her car <laughs> while her driver slings you around. Yeah, and it, it, that was a weird commercial. It's a little uncomfortable. It's a good call, man. Good call. Thanks for the call. <laughs> um, I, I, I mean, yeah, obviously, definitely commercials are generally done for the money. Um, Especially commercials like that. Yeah, I can't imagine he was like cre- doing that for the creative fulfillment. I mean, maybe he was doing it to get to Mac on that girl. Maybe. At least that's not f- just for the money. It's not so crass. Okay, it is so crass. <laughs> All right. Um, well, I'm a little disappointed in him. Yeah, that was a, that was a dark times, dark times. <laughs> I wonder when he made that. I wonder when that uh, that was shot. Like, was that 2009 or something? I do not know. Yeah, that maybe maybe it was before he became famous, and they're just like using it now they're like oh yeah we made this thing because that definitely happens uh they'll like make a make a commercial before someone becomes famous and then like 
they'll break that commercial back out. Look who we got in our commercial. <laughs> um, but he looks about the same age. I'm not sure. Of course, he looked pretty much the same age before Captain America won. What's up? I don't know. He made he made a Gucci ad in 2011 uh, called Puncture. Hmm. That wasn't that one, but maybe he had some weird oh, no, wait, 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 contract wait. with Gucci. <laughs> no, sorry. Gucci sponsored after party for his new film Puncture. My bad. No, um. Apparently, he's done Gucci for a little bit and said that the Gucci ad was the easiest paycheck ever. <laughs> it looked pretty easy. <laughs> Just make oh, out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That one. <laughs> make out with this hot girl in the back of this van. <laughs> we'll give you a million dollars. Gucci guilty. <laughs> Gucci guilty was, uh, it was, it was, they were advertising it in September 2011. Huh. When and when was his first big movie? When was Captain well, America? No, he's, he's been around a long time. Actually. Captain America: The First Avenger came out in two thousand eleven. Yeah, that's funny. And he, but but he'd already been like Johnny Storm at that point. He'd already been around. Nobody knew him as Johnny Storm, though. I mean, I did. I did because I liked those movies, which I'm like the only person. He definitely wasn't as big. He definitely wasn't as big at that point. That's fun. Uh, yeah. If anyone else sees anyone in really bad commercials. <laughs> uh, we need to find all of these old commercials. Oh! No one send us Robin Sparkles. We know about that one. <laughs> Something else that I uh, that I wanted to mention but I forgot until just now. Um, on the Blu-ray DVD playlist, or not playlist, on the Blu-ray DVD section of our store, I put the, uh, the DVD for... Uh, Nick Fury, Agent of Shield, <laughs> with, with the Hoff. I like it. I like it. If if anyone buys that, uh, don't blame us. <laughs> don't blame us. Don't blame Matt. You can blame me. I put it on there for the lols. <laughs> um, we did have one more piece of feedback. This is uh, spoilerific for Shield. We're about to be done, so if you haven't seen Shield, feel free to shut her down. But uh, we just didn't get to mention it in our last show cast because it hadn't come in yet. But um, Matt C on Twitter says at MCU cast they will graft Coulson revenge Coulson's revenge on his arm. Yes, they will. That's that would be so great. A beautiful idea, Matt C. And he's just like boom. Oh, that's what it does now. That's not really an everyday kind of weapon. Oh, it is. <laughs> it will be. Here's my boomstick. <laughs> Give me back my hand. Oh, that's great. It's pretty great. Colson, yeah, Colson, uh, Colson Ash mashup. Yeah, or Ash up. Don't just look oh, at, man. Don't just look at me disappointed. At least make disappointed noises. No, 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 no. I'm behind you now. I'm behind you now on this. Um, anytime you take a, an established character and you want to do like a cosplay of it and you cut off their hand and put a chainsaw in its place, you can call it an ash up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, I would do a Thor ash up where, like, I'm holding the hammer and the other hand is chainsaw. 
<laughs> that would be such a great ash up. That's a pretty good ash up. Um, all right. Well, I, th- I think we're done. I think <laughs> you don't have any more ideas? I'm sleepy. Okay. <laughs> I'm too sleepy to have ideas. Um, Grumble. Batman. <laughs> And they could call uh, like with a with a with a. They could call it a bash up. A bash up, or uh, or, or you know, if you went with his sidekick Robin, you could have a rash up. That's that's a whole different. You're thing. You're taking this way too far. A rash up is a whole different thing, and you don't want it. Believe me. Believe me. All right, guys. That's way too much. We're the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. We would love to hear from you guys on all of the social medias. It's at MCUcast slash MCUcast, 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 all over the internet, uh, or just MCUcast.com, or you can call us at 573-CAST-MCU. Uh, and we'll play your voicemail like we just played his. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be excited about it, Matthew. I am so excited about it. Um, I'm sleepy, but you know what I'm about to do? What? I'm about to play about two or three hours of Arkham Knight. That came out today. That's a DC game. Oh, yeah. It's the best video game, though. Maybe. Even better than Contest of Champions. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> Free mobile game versus very expensive Rocksteady game? Very expensive fourth-generation console <laughs> right. game. Yeah. Uh... Well, I'm gonna play go play Arkham Knight, and but still, come friend me at Gumdrop Billy on Contest of Champions. <laughs> What's your name on Contest of Champions? Socratia. Socratia. It's kind of like Socrates, but without the E S and A I, or sorry, I A in its place. Socratia. I A instead of yeah. Yeah. Okay. Socratia. Classy. Socratia and Gumdrop Billy working together. <laughs> they're they're a real odd couple. <laughs> <laughs> all oh, right guys thank you very much for hanging out with us tonight we'll be back next week oh next week we should mention next week we should mention we are going to be week. covering uh what's the what's the book called again essential ant-man it is a character spotlight on hank pym as ant-man uh, it can be found on Amazon. You can go to our our affiliate link. MCUcast.com. Just click on the Amazon shopping cart to the left. It will be the first thing in the comic book section, which is actually the first page that you that you hit. So first item in the comic book section, Essential Ant-Man. I ordered mine today. Matt's going to be reading it after I'm done with mine because he's cheap. I'm so cheap. And we'll get a character spotlight up for Hank Pym next week. Um, next Tuesday, the Ant-Man Scott Lang drops on Amazon. Marvel releases that next Tuesday, June 30th. Mm-hmm. Yep. June 30th. That is the second item on the comic books list. So get that. And actually yeah just get those first two be and you can be ready for when ant-man drops in july yeah and we can read along really get into it if you get a chance to read it this week awesome send us some feedback on what you think of the uh hank pym character any observations you have uh and same thing for scott lang next week um and we'll uh and we'll all kind of talk about it together and have a little reading comic book reading club um 
if you uh, if, and I did hear a, a lot of the Hank Pym comics are on Marvel Unlimited. Uh, if you if you already use Marvel Unlimited or if you want to use Marvel Unlimited and you want to try to break it down by comic book by comic book and just look up some of them. Uh, and also, if you don't get a chance to read them this week, we will try to make the conversation inclusive and kind of recap the plots and things so that we can uh, have a discussion about them. That's you know, spoiler filled, but if you're not going to read them anyway, we can, you can still listen to the podcast and hopefully get something out of it uh, to understand who the character is. And in case anybody does have Marvel Unlimited already paying for it, um, the the comics that Essential Ant-Man, the Hank Pym one, collect are Tales to Astonish number 27 and Tales to Astonish numbers 39 through six, or sorry, 35 through 69. Those are the uh, wow. Those old comics that are going to be that are going to be touched on in order to uh, to get a feel for Mr. Hank Pym. And don't like everybody knows that he's a wife beater. You don't have to mention that. Oh no, I'm sure a that, little bit. I'm sure we'll talk about it. It's going to come up. I didn't really know that. So how? Well, back in the day, he uh, he he had occasionally had some issues with anger and smack around Janet a little bit but he doesn't do that anymore he's kind of grown as a character hmm well we will definitely discuss that next week it's just you know it was it was something that happened back then they accepted it I guess it was a different time it was a different time is that what you're getting at uh yeah times have changed that's not acceptable anymore I'm glad to hear I'm glad to hear you say that and so is your wife (laughs) oh yeah well you know she knows her place Oh. Sorry. At my side. Oh, I gotcha. All right, In guys. In my loving embrace. Thank you so much for hanging out with you. Uh, Thank you so much for letting us hang out with you. Yeah. In your ear holes for a little bit. Yeah. We love you guys. Talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.